0: impressive every word in that sentence was wrong yeah well you know that's just like uh your opinion man this guy here is dead cross him off then listening to In the Cards, a brand new show all about our St. Louis Cardinals. The latest news, rumors, and views, all right here on In the Zone Network. Post game show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Well, hello again, everyone. It's been a while. I think we got some uh, catching up to do. But I also want to thank everybody who does check in on the show every now and then, right here on In the Zone Network. Uh, it's been uh, a few months since I've uh, I've I've hopped on here, but I've kept busy on the podcasting front from all the other things that I've uh, I have my hands in. That would be the Team Rivals podcast. I do that every Thursday with a couple of Cubs fans. Also do a show for two birds on a bat with Jim Cromer called Rufford Ruffled Feathers. Excuse me. Um, that is every Tuesday we release that one. But anyway, on the baseball front, um, there is, uh, a lot of talk. I don't know if there's smoke to this talk. I don't know where some of the rumors come from. Um, but I, I, I want to step back for a second and, and, and look at, you know, the fact that we don't have any major sports right now. In fact, the only thing we're really watching is, uh, I think some, uh, some WWE stuff that's happening. Uh, Korean Baseball uh, League, the KBO, uh, is playing with no fans. Um, ESPN is actually broadcasting those games if you want to get up at 5.30 in the morning to check out uh, what's going on in Korea. It's not irrelevant because as baseball looks at how they're going to come back, what they're going to do, I think they're going to have a, a lot of eyes on that league and how they're handling the situation. Um, it'll be a, kind of a living, breathing case study as baseball somehow tries to map out how they can get back onto the field and eventually how they can get people back into the stadiums uh, is equally important is how do they get that TV revenue uh, generated? Uh, You're going to have sky high numbers for viewers to, uh, to baseball games when they do come back. And I mean, it's going to be sky high. So let's start there. A couple proposals that were uh, at least rumored. Um, don't know how serious the talks are. But how do how do we get baseball back, and in what form are we going to get it? There was the whole uh, rumor about there would be a um, there would be a, all teams would be playing in Arizona and sharing not only Chase Field, which is where the Diamondbacks' home is, but uh, they could share all of the spring training complexes that are located in and around the area, playing multiple games on the same field every day. Um, seemed very very feasible, and actually I liked it. And if you hear any kids in the background screaming, it's because it's mine. Part of the reason I'm doing this on a Saturday in the middle of the afternoon is get the hell away from everybody for about 20, 25 minutes. It's all I asked my wife for. Because this is what I feel like doing because it's on my mind. I'm not going to get sidetracked by the screaming in the background. Okay. Uh, to me, uh, that, that was uh, very interesting. But also, I don't know what kind of financial risk teams take by uh, putting their organizations, their staffs, and, and players and Clubhouse, you know, folks, and you know, putting them all in one regional area um, financially. I don't really know what that's going to cost them, but to me, if they were going to try to get back at all, and even ahead of the curve of of this thing, then to me, it's like, okay, that's not an insane idea. I could see how that could potentially work. Um, the the big thing is what happens when a a couple players end up uh, testing positive for whatever reason and you know they've got to quarantine themselves for 14 days you know what happens if a a few teammates get it anybody who's in contact with them is probably going to be told the same thing you're gonna have to quarantine for 14 days so how do you handle that right um how do you isolate everybody how do you control that you have things coming in and out of ballparks it doesn't matter if fans are there or not you have personnel groundskeepers you know equipment managers, you know, where are these, uh, people that just work at those ballparks, they have to be there. So they're maintained and, and they're ready to go. You know, they, they have lives, they have homes they go to at the end of the day. And where do they go? Do they go to the grocery store? Do they go to a restaurant? Do they, you know, what's happening and how do you control it? Not entering in the clubhouse. And then now you've got everybody isolated in a hotel and it's not hard to imagine how that would get passed around rather quick. So while not a crazy idea, you could see it definitely working. Um, I don't know what they do in the event of an outbreak. You know, do they just call it off at that point and go back home and, you know, wait it out even longer until we can get, you know, something happening. Another rumor talked about was uh, everybody who plays in the Cactus League will remain in the Cactus League and that's how we'll play out the 2020 regular season. Grapefruit League in Florida, that's your, that's now your league. That's now your division. Um, Again, just like the situation in Arizona, I can, crazy enough, I could see that actually working. But again, it's the same risk where, you know, you, you've, you, look, the Cardinals and Marlins share a, a spring training facility. What happens when a player gets there? Do both teams have to, have to shut down? Um, very, I think it's going to be a very difficult thing to pull off regardless, but that's why I go back to look at, look at what's happening in Korea. How are they doing it? Um, their numbers are low, right? Their infection rates are low. I think they're past the peak. They're on the downward curve. Um, they were in a position where they felt it was, uh, it was worth the risk, I guess. Um, I don't think that we're on the same part of the curve that, that Korea is in right now, so they saw it as a risk that they could take. So, um, I still think it will be important for baseball to see how they, how they handle the situation. Um, you know, how they uh, handle any infections if they do happen. So anyway, uh, it's again, living, breathing case study. Um, that's the only reason I'm paying attention to it right now. Um, I, I, I'm usually up in the morning that early, but, uh, I know they've only got a handful of games under their belt so far. I have not tuned in. Um, but uh, my co-host for Ruffled Feathers, his his uh, cousin, uh, is a hitting coach, I think for the Giants, the Latte Giants, and uh, he's had some correspondence with him. I think he's pinging him with all kinds of questions on how are they handling the situation. Um, you know, uh, how, you know what's it like playing in a stadium with no people? That that's, you know, it, it's it's crazy environment. And um, so hopefully by the time I talk to Jim again on Tuesday. Um, he'll have connected with his cousin and have some, has some real insight there. But what they're doing in Korea is relevant to not just major league baseball it's relevant to all other sports on what happens. So now I want to talk about the latest thing that's, uh, that's been floated around and that is a, a realignment for 2020. Um, This one, well, just level set anybody who doesn't know this backward and forward, I don't want to insult anybody's intelligence here, but The National League has 15 teams, three divisions, East, West, and Central. The American League has the exact same thing, 15 teams, East, West, Central. The new proposal is that there's only three divisions in baseball. There are no leagues right now. You're going to have the West, the Central, and the East, and that's it. You're going to have 10 teams per division. Geographically, I think they got a lot of this right. The one that's a head scratcher a little bit is the, um, is the East with, uh, the pirates remaining in the East while the Braves who are pretty far East, um, are, are in the central and it could be a competitive balance thing. I'm I'm not sure why, but that's, that's how it's shaken out. Um, before I get into this, I also want to point out before the 1995 season when baseball had two divisions per league, the Atlanta Braves were actually in the national league West. If that's not stupid enough. Um, and I could be wrong. I believe the Cincinnati Reds are also in the national league West while the Cardinals who are farther West than Cincinnati, um, were actually in the uh, national league East. I could have that detail wrong. I don't think I do. Um, but, uh, Anyway, getting onto this, you know, everybody this year had an assumption about what their team might do in the division as it sits normally, you know, for the national league central, where our Cardinals play, you have the Brewers, the Cubs, the Reds and the pirates. And I think going into this year, I know that we lost a pretty big bat in, uh, Marcelo Zuna. He did depart. He took a one-year deal in Atlanta. So he's betting on himself. Um, I believe that, that, uh, I believe that deal was only a couple hundred thousand dollars more than what the Cardinals offered him via a qualifying offer, but he's betting on himself. He did not get a multi-year, uh, he may have, but it just wasn't what he was looking for. So the Cardinals, uh, uh, you know, had a, a vacancy in left field and I was, I was okay with that. I want to get into that. Uh, what I think about the Cardinals here in a bit, but, uh, I like their chances this year in the National League Central as it sits normal every day. You know, right? um, I know the Reds were much improved. The Cubs are still the Cubs. A lot of people forget that the core of that team that won it all in 2016, you could say minus Jake Arrieta. That core is still there. If they play to potential, they're a tough team. And I hate to say it, but they are. I mean, they're everyday position players. You got to give them a nod over almost everybody else. It, it, yeah, everybody else in that division. And I'm talking about the uh, 2019 National League Central, not, not this proposal that's on the table. So let me let me run through the teams here because, again, we all looked at uh, early in spring training and we kind of give our, our preseason predictions about what will happen. I did actually pick the Cardinals to finish on top, but I think Cincinnati and Chicago. Chicago, I have no doubt. I think they're going to be right there. Cincinnati um, is, is much improved, and I think they could be there as well. You know, they got good pitching, um, they've got, uh, some good young everyday position players. They still have Joey Votto. Uh, I mean, so you cannot discount them. And I, and I think they're tough. And of course we always rule the brewers out. We always say, ah, they're going to be at the bottom finally. Um, and they always, uh, they always surprise us. I surprise us is really not the word. They always annoy us, annoy the hell out of us. Um, so anyway, now you're looking at a new proposal where uh, five brand new teams, um, enter into the contest. That would be the White Sox, the Royals, Indians, Twins, and Tigers. So now it looks a little bit different. It was a five-team battle. Now it could be a 10. How does that change our our view? How does that change uh, what we're looking at here? Um, I strongly feel like the Cardinals would potentially still finish out in the top three. But now you're dealing with the Braves. And, and, and arguably, at least offensively, um, a little bit more dangerous Braves team, you know. They added to Ozuna's bat. We just talked about him. You know, he's playing. On, he's playing on a one year deal. It's a walk year. You know, and and not everybody's able to do it. But we've seen what happens when players are in a walk year, fighting for a contract. You know, so um, I think the Braves team, you you can't look at it and go it isn't improved because it is. The scary team in this division is the Twins their pitching isn't bad. I mean, it's hard to kind of go through, Oh, who are their, who's their rotation? Um, and it's probably hard to recall a name, but that offense is, uh, it's a damn gauntlet. I mean, it, it really is. And, um, I remember, you know, we used to enjoy that. Um, we used to enjoy that back in, let's just call it, Oh, I'm calling it anything. It's 19, look at 1994. That's a gauntlet, right? When you had uh, that, that 2004 team. i say 84 or 04, I don't know, whatever. I was trying to delay here because I, I, is, I know the Twins are good, okay? They won 101 games last year. They are 101 and 61. They ran away with that division. Cleveland was on their tail for a while. They finished eight games behind them. They were a 93-win team. So Cleveland's still good. I don't want to leave them out either. All of a sudden you're looking at this and go, oh boy, top four, top five teams are going to be, they're going to be good. They're going to be tough. It kind of throws you off. You know, you don't really know what to expect, especially when the Cardinals still had uh, questions to be answered and spring training was going to help provide us some of those answers. But uh, now that we don't have that, okay, so now, now what are we looking at? I don't know. But you got a lineup of Max Kepler, Byron Buxton, Nelson Cruz, Eddie Rosario, Miguel Sano, Jorge Polanco, CJ Cron, uh, Jonathan Shoup, and Mitch Garver. I, I mean, this is a—that's a tough order. That's a really, really tough order. There's a lot of home runs in that lineup. Just looking up and down it right now. A lot of power some good OPS numbers. I mean, you have, uh, out of the, the, I think the nine, I just, uh, just went through. You have an OPS on all, but two of them. That's over 800. And the two that didn't aren't that far off. I mean, that's incredible. Marcelo Zuna was, had one of our better and, you know, Marcelo Zuna was like one of our top bats last year. When I mean, you look at OPS, you look at, um, Ozuna, You look at Goldschmidt, and I think, um, oh, my God, why is it Tommy Edmund? Wow, can't believe that name almost escaped me. This is the best lineup in this proposed 10-team division. I don't think there's any argument against that. Cubs play their potential. They they can be pretty close to that, but uh, they're not this good. So, you know, what's it come down to? Uh, The Cardinals were number one in pitching and defense last year. And... That does hold up. I mean, you you can look at it and go, okay, what kind of pitching uh, were the Twins facing in 2019? Probably not great from the American League Central, where you play a lion's share of your games. So you got to look at it that way, go and be, well, that wasn't a very competitive division. Um, without looking at the combined pitching of that division, I'm guessing it just wasn't that good. So you'd have to factor that into. But those are some those are some serious bats in that lineup, nonetheless. Baseball is still hard to hit. In fact, I was so good at hitting a baseball that I ended up in the United States Marine Corps at age 19 when I figured out, man, I'm not better than half the college people I'm facing. Reality, folks. All right. So then, uh, anyway, I will go through the rest of the divisions here because I just think it's interesting. You know, we get the West has the Dodgers, Angels, Giants, Athletics, Padres, Diamondbacks, Rockies, Rangers, Astros, Mariners. The two favorites are obvious it's going to be Houston and, and LA. I don't know how much some of these other teams have improved. I know the A's are pretty good. I don't think the Mariners did that great last year. in fact they didn't. I'm pulling it up now because I don't I don't memorize standings from the American League like ever. Yeah, Houston won that division Oakland was behind them. They were a wild card team. Yeah, Texas, LA, and Seattle that are kind of uh, a little bit of a mess. Of course, Texas looks like they are got a little bit better chance this year. The National League, it was uh, it's the Dodgers, man. I mean, that that's it. You only had two teams over five hundred, and that was uh, the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. Diamondbacks missed the playoffs, not by a lot, but they did miss. You have San Francisco, Colorado, San Diego. San Diego's got some some marquee names on their lineup, but rest of it leaves a little bit to be desired. And Colorado's going to be a mess too. So you got to you got to like the Dodge You got to think the Dodgers and the Astros are gonna are gonna come out on top. One of those two, pick one. Dodgers are going to be tough this year when you add Mookie Betts and David Price to your team. I mean, come on. Astros uh, are minus Garrett Cole now. He's a Yankee. So the Astros have potentially taken a step back, but they're still really, really good. The Dodgers have gotten stronger. Mookie Betts, I mean, you already had a playoff contending team. You've won that division, I don't know how many years in a row it's been now. You still have a potent lineup, and then you add Mookie Betts to it. I mean, that's ridiculous. Okay. Last but not least, the East is comprised of the Yankees, Mets, Red Sox Nationals, Orioles, Phillies, Pirates, Blue Jays, Rays, and Marlins. I don't know what state the Red Sox are going to be in. I know they, they did everything they could to get under the luxury tax this year so they can go back over it again next year. Um, I don't I don't expect to see much from them, but you have the defending World Series Nationals and the Yankees. Are going to be sitting on top of that division. I know the Rays will be fighting. They, they'll likely um, likely capture a playoff spot. Phillies had a disappointing year. They got a new manager in now. So uh, Joe Girardi. I think the Phillies will be back. I think they'll be tough. They're going to finish in the top four in that division. So I think at the end, in, in, I don't know how many. I don't know what the playoff format's going to be yet. You know, we're, we're used to having um, ten teams each year. If you're counting that uh, second wild card, that um, that one game play in. Um, I I do count that. So if they keep it at 10, you know, it's, uh, I think you're looking likely at the Dodgers and A's for sure. I'm sorry, Dodgers and Astros for sure coming out of the West and, and possibly the A's right there as well. So you take those three in the central, that's where it gets tough, right? I mean, I, I, I have to go with the twins, the Cardinals and the Braves. And I, as soon as I don't, don't throw the Cubs in here, they're, they're, you know, I could take the whole damn thing, but you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say it's going to be the twins, Cardinals and Braves coming out of the central. And I'm going to pick three out of the East and it's definitely going to be the Yankees are going to be one of them. The nationals are going to be right back there. And I'm going to say, gosh, you don't want to discount Tampa Bay, but I'm saying the Phillies and Rays are also going to make it out of the uh, East. So there's your 10. Now, um, I don't know if the schedule is going to be balanced or unbalanced, but I think given the environment, uh, given COVID-19, they'll probably want to keep things as regional as possible. So I don't know if these proposed divisions just play within their own division the whole year and don't meet until the playoffs. I don't, I don't know how they're going to do that. But I would I would guess that the reason for realignment is to play a majority of your games between the 10 teams in your division. I think that's probably safe to say. All right. So anyway, it's interesting. Um, I think it's uh, it's definitely doable. Uh, we can talk all day about you know the likelihood or the the what ifs uh, if a, a breakout amongst a clubhouse happens. Um, you know how that might affect them. A delay in the schedule if a team's if a team is forced to have to take two weeks off, how how in the hell do they handle that? Does everybody shut down for two weeks? Does everybody end up playing the same amount of games? I mean, it's just it can get messy it could get messy quick and you could see how that would happen. But now on to the Cardinals. Um, I know the last time I had left off here, we were headed to winter meetings and, uh, winter meetings were kind of a dud. Um, they didn't get much done. Um, but you know what, they told us they weren't going to get much done. And so none of us should be surprised that the roster didn't change, that all we saw were names leave. We didn't see, um, you know, they, they they weren't in, in a lot of the rumors and, um, so, uh, as Cardinal fans, we, we wanted to see something happen. We just had a player leave. We know that the offense was um, frustrating in 2019, they were inconsistent. Um, we had a lot of players that um, all had down years, it seemed like at the same exact time. Um, Matt Carpenter struggled, Dexter Fowler struggled, um, Marcelo Zuna went through bouts of couldn't hit, you know, he couldn't hit the, the, the ocean from the beach, right? Um, so the offense is something that we all felt needed to be addressed. Nothing was done, all right? But the front office told, kind of broadcast, they, they telegraphed that that nothing was going to be done, that it was now time to see what they had in their minor league system because there were names coming up, being talked about, and now's their shot. Marcelo Zuna is out. That leaves an opening in left field or any outfield spot. You, you, you know, you can, you can move these guys around. doesn't matter, but the outfield – 100% had an opening. So uh, you have an open competition that was created in spring training that actually you know what I was kind of excited to see. We don't get to see that very often. In fact, I think a lot of years we come in kind of knowing who the who those starting eight position players are going to be. It's typically um, a battle for bullpen spots or a bench spot, you know, but now you had a legitimate competition with, with these talented young, um, players in the minor leagues that we had been hearing about. I was excited to see them get a shot. Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill, Lane Thomas. Those are the big three names, right? And there are a couple other ones, Justin Williams, that, um, is, is kind of in the conversation. So I, the the way those guys came out swinging at the start of spring training was impressive. Now, look, and I know they're not facing they're always they're not always facing major league arms right in spring training. There there are a lot of minor leaguers that, that that get a significant amount of playing time. I understand that, but I was probably tuned into spring training more than I normally was for the reasons I mentioned before, because there's usually not a lot of mystery. But this was intriguing. It was fascinating. And I don't yet know how that would have shaken out because everything was brought to a halt. So I don't know that Dylan Carlson would have made his made the uh, club. Um, I, I think it's likely that you had Tyler O'Neal um, out ahead of him a little bit. I'm not saying Tyler O'Neal is more talented, but Tyler O'Neill has been in the minors for a long time now and you give him that sustained shot until he just proves he can't be an everyday player. Lane Thomas, probably in, in the Cardinals front office mind, probably is still a little bit ahead of of Dylan Carlson. They, I think the Cardinals wanted to give those two guys a shot first until they couldn't prove it. Or until Dylan Carlson set himself so far apart from those two that the Cardinals had no choice but to bring bring him up north. And, and that could have happened. But we'll never know. Um... And that's a bummer. It really is. You know, I, I I get why a lot of us Cardinal fans are annoyed that they weren't in on any of the free agent uh, uh, talks. You know, there. I know at one point in time it seemed like there was real substance behind the Nolan Arenado Arenado rumors, and I know that's disappointing when a big name's out there and you continually the Cardinals continually are are not there at the end of the day. And while saying that we kind of forget what happened the two winters prior where Ozuna was acquired. Then Paul Goldschmidt was acquired. Those aren't little bats. They weren't little bats at the time either. I mean, those are some pretty big names. So it's not that the front office was unwilling to do anything, but they tried trades the two years before and they didn't have this in their system ready to go. Right. These guys were still young. Some were, were too new. They need, they needed, they needed more minor league time. You couldn't consider them in the prior two years, but now's their time. So, it was a bummer. Um, I likely would have been to a game by now, uh, if not multiple. But uh, you know what? I can be patient. There are more important things in life. And you know what we're, what we're kind of stuck with right now is just frustration and not knowing. I don't know how we can expect baseball to have had a, a rock-solid plan that they could announce at this point. I think their eyes are on the same things that we are. They're listening to the medical experts. And once the medical experts start uh, turning a corner and telling them it's clear under these conditions, I I don't think we're going to hear about a plan, but that's just us as fans. We want to see something normal happen again, right? Because of the unknown, you know, we're a little, little fearful. Life has changed. We've had two months now of not living like we normally do. And we're all just anxious to see something happening that's normal. Like when you see a live sporting event on TV or you hear it on the radio, you you get that sense that oh, things are going to get back to normal because I some normal things are happening and I can see and hear them. We're not we're not getting that yet, and so I get why we're um, we're a little f- fearful, which is fine. One last thing I want to touch on a bit is just uh, man, my. Uh, I know that I know that I primarily cover baseball here at in the zone and I'm not the biggest football fan. In fact, my team growing up in central Illinois, I mean, literally I'm right between Chicago and St. Louis smart enough to be a Cardinals fan and dumb enough to be a Chicago Bears fan. Okay. Now me, I'm following family traditions. My dad grew up a Bears fan. He also grew up a Cardinals fan. He got that from his family, right? Uh, his dad rooted for the, my grandpa, rooted for the same two teams. My great-grandfather is rooted for the same teams. So it's just kind of following the family lead there. Um, I'll never forgive him for the Bears stuff though. Uh, the reason I mentioned football is because, uh, you know, I was starting to get into the XFL a bit. I wasn't sure what to think of it. And the first game was kind of, surprising. it was entertaining. I, I enjoyed what I was watching. I wasn't hyped up before it started, but the day of, I made sure I watched. Me and my son watched. And while not as polished as an NFL game, you got to keep in mind that all these guys did was practice together. They had no preseason. You know, there's a lot of timing you got to get down. You got to get used to your teammates, used to their tendencies, habits. So the first game, yeah, it wasn't perfect. The second game wasn't perfect. But you know what? It was entertaining football. And St. Louis had football back, even though it was just a taste. It was just a sip. Had professional football back, and boy, did they did they come out big time and support that team, embraced them. The day I finally got my Battlehawks shirt was the day they hit the pause button, and then, of course, we know it was a matter of days that um, it was canceled. So, hell of a lot of fun while it lasted. I would have liked to have... I would have thought that I would have made it to one game. If not this year, it definitely would have been in 21. Um, But too bad, you know. Um, But I think St. Louis made a statement to football that it still loves football. And I believe that there's a place for football in St. Louis. And St. Louis might not want it right now. You know, I, I get it. But there is definitely a place for that sport in St. Louis. I cannot wait to see what MLS does there. Because again, not a massive soccer fan, but I tune into World Cup every damn time, and I root for my hometown team, and I definitely root for my country when that happens. So I can't wait to see uh, MLS arrive fully in St. Louis. I think it's a good time for the city. Baseball will be back. The Blues are still defending Stanley Cup champions. MLS is arriving. You had football there. And I think that fans outside of St. Louis heard about, they, they heard the noise coming out of St. Louis for their love for football. Pretty awesome. All right, folks. I actually went over my time that I asked for. And uh, at any point in time, it's likely that somebody barges through my door here. So, with that said, look—you can catch me on uh, Twitter at tor underscore ron75. You can check me out on the Team Rivals podcast. You know what? Just go to your, um, go to Apple, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify—we're all over the place. Just search for Team arrivals podcast. We do that every Thursday. Check me out on Two Birds on a Bat on Tuesdays with Jim Cromer spinoff show we do called ruffled feathers and I thought it was happening I thought somebody was coming through the door I was wrong but yeah uh, check me out on those shows also for this one uh, in the cards it still has its own podcast feed right now you can find it on iTunes I also released the show on the Team Arrivals podcast feed. So if you subscribe subscribe to one or the other, you'll catch me there. Uh, They'll also likely put this one out on In The Zone Network's main podcast feed. And so you can find me in in several different places. All right. Don't know when the next show is going to be, but as soon as we start hearing news, noise, anything uh, regarding baseball, um, I'll be sure to be back on. This is therapy for me. I like doing it. I'm talking, I usually talk to myself all day anyway. So, okay. Until next time, folks, here we go. First one of the day. All right. Love you all so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.